Hey everybody, Eric Kasloff here. So today's episode of the podcast deals with some very serious issues, that of the opioid crisis going on in our country. If you or anyone you know is suffering from opioid addiction, please call the Narcotics Anonymous hotline. The phone number is one 800 992 0401. That number again, 1 800 992 0401. There are people there who want to help you or your loved one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Something Something podcast. My name is Eric Kasloff, and with me, as always, is Larry Sands. How's it going, Larry? Everything, actually, everything is great, Eric. Thank you for asking. Um, okay, so Larry, usually we're pretty funny and silly on the show. And, you know, maybe if we have time to balance this, we'll do a goofy episode at the same time this one goes up. But we are in a lot of wars in our country right now. And not the kind that take place, you know, like... The way normally would there's a war amongst our people and one of the biggest is with the opioid crisis right now that is destroying so many lives because it's not just hurting the person who's addicted it's hurting the people around them um i remember when i had one of my surgeries a while ago I got scared because I liked the way the medication made me feel and it terrified me. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, Lord, please help me. And then I thought, man, what is it like for people who don't have who get caught into this? And, well, you know what? Introduce our guests because they are they're in the midst of this battle. Yeah. Um, uh, Cammie Wolf Rice, thank you for. For first of all, being on our show, and and talking about this this crisis, and more importantly, I think your book. I think um, is it safe to say that? And and I know you know looking at your website and things, um, you're an, a definitely an advocate um, for opioid addiction but i think more importantly you are an advocate for inspiration and hmm, striving to be the best you every day in the face of adversity honestly um thank you Larry. thank you for that appreciate it you're welcome you're very welcome um tell us Tell us about your book and what what brought you to write your book in the first place. Okay. Yeah, I never honestly thought I would ever be an author, but I had such a desire to reach massive amount of people. And I thought writing the book would enable me to do so. Um, you know, this story, unfortunately, starts as a, a tragedy. And um, so I, I've really taken my pain to purpose. And that is the key message for everyone out there that's listening. If you're dealing with any kind of pain, uh, for me, losing a child is the most 
I can't even describe it. And so when I wrote the book, it's called The Flight, My Opioid Journey. And I, I had to use a metaphor because it's so hard to explain as a mother what it feels like to be to lose a child because there is not there's not even a word for it in the dictionary you know, for when a parent loses a child, you're an orphan or you're, you know, a widow, but there's no word for when a parent loses a child. And so I used the airplane as our journey of life. And we, we, people leave our flight. We're not expected to leave our flight. We land at different places in our life. We land at happiness. We land at success. We land at grief. We land at illness. And you have to keep flying, right? You gotta, you gotta keep going on that journey and keep the fuel. And sometimes you're circling and circling and circling and trying to land, right? And so I used kind of an out-of-body fiction with nonfiction, if you will. Um, I definitely share my story, but I wrote it in such a way that the reader thinks about your own journey. Okay. You know, you think about your own trials and tribulations and how you keep flying on that on that journey of life. Um, you know, my son wanted to be a Navy SEAL. I mean, disciplined, just super book smart, just, you know, disciplined. And he was diagnosed with a colon disease, ulcerative colitis. And, you know, this was right back in the days when Purdue Pharma released the wonder drug that was supposed to be non-addictive. And he had to have his large intestine removed. And we went home with 90 oxycontins followed by 90 more so yeah and and we didn't know you know and and you know we as a society we we a we think the answer is in a pill b we don't question uh doctors and and i'm not bitter against doctors they were told it wasn't addictive and you know this is big big business gone really really bad you can blame a lot of people and if i took all that hurt and if i turned it into anger what's that going to do yeah. Right. I so I had to turn it into purpose. And how do we help people? How do we educate people? How do we make them aware that when you're in a health crisis, because that's life, somebody in your family or you, like you were talking about, Eric, at the beginning, you have a health crisis yeah. and um, you, and you don't ask questions. And even with dentists, dentists are some of the highest prescribers, not all dentists, but there's no reason if your child is having a root canal or their wisdom teeth pulled, you don't need to go home with 30 Percocet. Yeah. And many addictions start with that first prescription. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, we talk with a lot of holistic medicine people. And I made a point that, you know, people think when you take a pain pill, it takes away your pain. It doesn't. It gets you high that you don't know you're in pain for that whatever the length of the medicine happens, it doesn't take your pain away. That's right. It actually, you know, your body doesn't know, go, no, not doesn't, your body doesn't know where to go to fix the pain, right? If it's so yeah. mad. And, you know, there's a lot of side effects that they don't talk about when you get an opioid constipation, you know, there can be many, many side effects. And so now I want to make clear, if you have a, a horrific car accident, God forbid, or whatever the case may be, and you have to be on an opioid, that's all right. You just need to know that it's not the answer for chronic pain. Um, it is something that you need to know how fast you need to taper off so you don't become addicted to that opioid, right? 
And they are coming out with many different technologies, many different solutions for people with chronic pain. I, uh, some people get mad at me that if they have chronic pain and they're on opioids and they get very angry with me, um, but I'm speaking the truth. Yeah. It's not a sustainable long-term solution to be on opioids long-term, long period. Yeah. Period. Actually, let's, let's kind of take it where, you know, everybody has their truth. Everybody has different experiences. Everybody has different things that they're going through in life. And I think, I think it's, I think it's not wrong. I understand it. But much like we love Eric and I on our show to talk to people and we love to listen their, to their stories and where they are, where they came from. And it's, it's part of the journey of, of everyone to have an opinion about everything. I, 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 I know that just from talking and li or listening to you, Cammy, and it's so true because when you talk about, when anybody talks about their story and it's whether it's happy or sad, you start thinking about things in your life. And, and I think that's the one thing that, that makes us all the same is our stories. Because mm -hmm. no matter where we came from, no matter where we are, we still have a story that connects us all. And, that's right. Um, I really appreciate you just and we just started the show but but to know your resolve and your um what am i trying to say your love for your, your son and your passion yeah. for dealing with the the opioid fight the addiction mm -hmm. fight any addiction any That's addiction right. any addiction and yes it can happen to anybody and i try not to make excuses in my life for anything i i i really face what i need to face because i think that's what what we all have to do because we all have to answer to us, to ourselves, and look ourselves in the mirror. And I don't know where I'm going with this, but but <laughs> it's it's one of those things where we all have to embrace each other. Mm -hmm. And when you when you talk about the opioid crisis and situations, because you've been on a lot of places, right? You've done a lot of things, been in talks. What what has the reaction been to to you and your message? Well, I think that if everyone, I, you know, the stigma is so real in our country and we have to break the stigma because silence kills. Yeah. And that's the main reason I speak. Anytime I can get a microphone, I will speak wherever schools, police officers, podcasts, interviews, because it took me two years to say that my son overdosed. Why? 
because as sickening and as sad as this is, I wanted my son to have a respectable death. My son was not what people think of when they think of the word addict. And we have to change the language. It's drug abuse. It's addict. These are all negative connotations of people. And this 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 guy fought substance misuse for 15 years, wow. went to multiple rehabs, fought it every single day. And so when I saw, you know, and, and I had the I, I supported him the whole way and I still lost the battle. You see, he still lost his life at 32. And when I had to wait two years before I would even tell family that my son overdosed because I didn't want them to think bad of Christopher. And I knew I had to come out and I had to be transparent. I needed to be authentic so that I could save other people's lives. Because when your child has cancer, Neighbors are bringing over casseroles. Exactly. There was nobody bringing over a casserole to me because they didn't know to bring the casserole, you see? And so we've got to support each other as a community, as people, because the number one thing that helps somebody that's fighting addiction, whether it's alcohol, whatever they're addicted to, it's the connection of people. It's giving them love. It's letting them know that they're not alone ever. And so when you, and you know, and you look at the, you know, there's two things going on. Number one, this is our own DEA in Washington, DC. I went to a meeting. They said, our country is under a chemical warfare attack. So you've got the opioid epidemic, but then the, the other thing you have going on is fentanyl. And what's happening with fentanyl is look, let's be raw, let's be real about it. Yeah. Everybody has experimented with drugs in college and whatever, wherever you are, you experiment, you're curious, you wanna try things. The difference with experimenting with street drugs today is the street drugs are poisoned and it's it looks exactly like the real pill. So, so people think they're taking one Percocet, they think they're taking one Xanax for anxiety and it's a street drug and it looks just like the Xanax prescription out of the bottle and it's got fentanyl, just a little salt speck of fentanyl and they die. And there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people dying with fentanyl poisoning. So you've got the opioid epidemic over here and you've got the fentanyl poison and it's scary. And that's why we got to be speaking out about this to warn people, you can't experiment. Those drugs are poisoned now. It's in everything. And that's what's really scary, right? Oh yeah, you know, mm. and I I feel that because it's everywhere and because people hear it and there is some kind of a stigma, I feel that everybody that hears on the news and hears about it on social media is so, so far removed. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where if it's, this is, and this is a horrible part. If it's not happening to me, it ain't happening. Mm -hmm. And I think that is, well, go ahead, go ahead. I think we're not all as far removed as we think we are. Well, I that, mean, that statistically, true. all of us probably know someone who knows someone that is, you know, battling this. Because the thing about a good addict is you'll never know. Like the worst of the worst alcoholics, the ones that scare me the most are the ones that can be around people. 
and act normal, you know, those are the ones that I, that are, I, I feel more bad for them than I do the ones I see on the street outside of the liquor store because they didn't learn how to master problem. That's right. That's right. They're functioning with it. You know, a functioning to... addict is scarier than an unfunctioning addict. And you know, the, the deal is it, you need to peel back the onion because they're self-medicating. There's a root cause in there that made them start self-medicating to begin with. And, you know, we're starting to understand the importance of mental wellness, you know, mental fitness in our brain is just as important and how many people are struggling with anxiety and depression and, and, you know, and so I got to tell you guys, you know, well, there's, well, there's one thing I, I definitely, a message I, I always want to get, make sure we get through. And we had really good, great news last week because Narcan is a nasal spray and it saves somebody if they are overdosing and my mm. big, yes. And it just now, and it should have been done many years ago, but we're not going to complain about that because the bottom line is the FDA just now approved it to be over the counter. And when I say everyone should carry Narcan, I mean that like everyone should carry Narcan. They are training servers at coffee shops across the United States because so many people have overdosed in bathrooms at coffee shops. So I'm telling you gas stations, wherever, again, they might just taken a Xanax or an Adderall or whatever. And they thought it was a legit, they got it from a friend that said it was okay, but that friend got it from somebody else and it's got fentanyl in it. And here's the thing. Let's say Larry I see Larry and I think he's overdosing. And I thought, well, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. What if he's not overdosing? What if I do use this Narcan and it's not an overdose? Will not hurt him. Okay. So you can still administer. It's just a nose spray that you go in each nostril. Um, there's a simple video on YouTube of how to administer Narcan. It's very simple. You can save a life by carrying Narcan. So I really wanted to get that message out there while we're talking about fentanyl is it's so important um, for everybody to understand. And, you know, a lot of parents say, oh, no, it wouldn't be my kid. Well, maybe you don't have Narcan for your kid because your kid's never made a mistake. Maybe you just have it for the neighbor that it's your friend's friend or, exactly. you know, if you look right. So just just carry it just to have it just in case. Right. I think that's so important. Now, let me ask you this. Now, can you go and and I would assume you could go to uh, any drugstore, Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, Target. And do you have does it have to be a prescription? No, that's what just got approved over the counter. Oh, it is. Okay, so you can pick it up kind of like kind of like when you go to get Tylenol, you can go, oh, there's a Narcan just in case. They just approved it. They just approved it. Um, in Kentucky, the fentanyl deaths are so bad. They they had vending machines with Narcan. And in 24 hours, the vending machine was empty. What? Yeah, it's that bad. And I don't think people realize someone's oh. dying every 11 minutes with fentanyl poisoning. No, they don't. I don't realize that. That's amazing. Wow. And that's it's in Kentucky? Oh, it's and it's all over the country. I mean, uh, there was a story of uh, a mom in Colorado. She had a slumber party for 14 year old boys 
And this was Snapchat reaching out to the kids. They weren't, they weren't looking for it. And they were saying, Hey, do you want to try something that's going to make you laugh and dance all night? They delivered it to the house. The mom went to the basement the next morning. Every kid was dead. Every child at the summer party died, all 14 year olds. They didn't leave the house. It was delivered to the house. It was, they, they're, they're approaching kids on Snapchat. That's how real this is. And people don't understand it's hitting every age. It's the number one killer from 18, besides the school shootings, of course, but it's, uh, it's really out of control. And I don't think people realize that. No, no, they don't. They don't, you know, and, and it's unfortunate because the news only covers what they want you to know. Right. Yeah. That's the, that's the unfortunate part. Uh, I, I think it's highly important because I have a niece, right? I have a niece who is, you know, under 10. She loves to watch YouTube. And, you know, I think I think it's the parents, their their job still to watch over their kids and to monitor not only social media, but YouTube, but what they're watching on TV, who their friends are. And mm -hmm. and and it blows my mind that to hear that and of course, I mean I, you know, I, I don't, I don't live my life on Instagram. I don't live my life on social media, so I don't know, but I can only imagine some of the things that go on mm -hmm. through social media and, and, you know, for, for all this talk about, see, now I'm getting all worked up for all this talk about the government looking after and wanting, you know, these things from Facebook and Instagram and, and Snapchat, what are they doing? What are they actually doing? What do they actually do besides sit around and complain about complaining? What do they actually do? Nothing. I don't. Yeah, nothing. So there's over 25,000 moms that are going to be on the White House steps protesting on September 23rd. I, I mean, it's probably going to be more than 25,000. I mean, they're they coming from to. all over the country. Yeah. It's it's sad. They there's one mom that has a charity and she she does billboards to bring awareness. There's 150 kids photo composed on a billboard and they fill up three billboards every week. Wow. Just at their state, just at their state. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, building awareness to that. And, you know, here's you know, everybody has a swim lane when it comes to this, because there's so many different ways you can go. And. So I decided there wasn't enough being done for prevention. How do we stop it before it starts? Because we all know the ones we know that are addicted, you're addicted the rest of your life. It's a journey you have to fight every single day. So how do we stop it so it does never start, right? Right, right. And so what, because Christopher had a health crisis and was in the hospital, and I felt like there's a missing team member on the healthcare team in hospitals. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you this. In our society, we have coaches for everything, right? right, right? right. Yeah. We got executive coach, sleeping right. coach, birthing right. coach, football coach, a, baseball a coach, coach, tennis coach. <laughs> you got coaches for everything. Fortnite so coaches. Yeah, right. But when you're in a health crisis, 
you don't have a coach to help you with pain management, to help you with anxiety, stress, depression, PTSD. You have all those things if you're in the hospital. So we developed um, Christopher Wolf Crusade as my nonprofit. I did it in my son's name. And we've had a clinical trial because you have to have the data to create a position in healthcare. And it's called a life care specialist. They're in the hospitals. They are, you know, if when you have the health co- crisis, they're your coach. They're going to come in. They're going to talk about, here's all the alternatives of things you can do for pain besides take a pill. They're going to help you manage your, your, you know, your pain management. They're going to give you techniques to help with anxiety, stress, depression. Nice. And, and they're a care coach because nurses and doctors don't have time to do that anymore. Yeah. You know, they don't have the time. So we're excited about it. We, um, we just got a million dollar grant to roll it awesome. out into rural communities because rural communities across our country have hardly any access to health care. So we're rolling the position there. Uh, we are at Grady Hospital in Atlanta. We've just moved into sickle cell unit. Uh, we're in orthopedic trauma. So if you have a car accident. So anyway, my goal and hear me loud because my goal is to have these life care specialists in hospitals across the country. And I will make sure it gets done. Wow. Wow. I'm kind of speechless. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> because, job. Wow. Because Thank you. look at you. Look at you doing what other people only wish or talk about. Or, oh gosh, wouldn't it be great? That's that's you know, you said something earlier. You could have just been angry and do nothing. Yeah. But you did something with that anger. You could have just gotten bitter at the world and not try anything and fall into addiction yourself. But you got addicted to trying to stop this, which is so commendable. Now, I can't stand big pharma. I honestly do feel this is a thing with me. I do feel there is a cure for every disease. It's just there's more money in treating a disease than there is in curing it. So has there been any fight from big pharma coming after you and what you're trying to do? Because the second you mentioned, you know, alternative care now, Whatever you think about, you know, medical marijuana or whatnot, it is for some people, it is a suitable substitute, whether it be the gummies. But again, we have to remember the reason why marijuana was vilified in this country is because William Morris thought it was going to take away from his lumber fortune because hemp is a better rope than regular, you know, paper rope. How much of a fight are they putting against you for this? Um, knock on wood so far. Um, no, I, I think because I am in a hospital, I'll, I'll show you the cost justification. If two people don't come back to the emergency room after they've been discharged from the hospital, if two people don't come back to the emergency room for pain management, that's paid for the life care specialist for a year. So I show a cost savings to the hospital and how they can save money by managing their patient's pain, right? And by providing that service, Um, it is political. You're right. I mean, big pharma, definitely medical marijuana is definitely political. 
I sit on a medical marijuana board to try to be the voice to, to say, you know, there are places for this. Um, so you, you got to look outside the box when it comes to managing pain and not it's not all one size fits all how you deal with pain might be different than how I deal with pain, right? I am dealing with pain right now. My hip is killing me. And, you know, I'm trying to think, how can I go, you know, fix this problem? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that's really, I base this position on everything Christopher didn't have, all the hospital visits and everything I didn't have as his caretaker. And that's what this role is. And, you know, it's, and you know what, there's a position similar to that in children's hospitals. It's called a child life specialist. There's 6,000 of them across the United States. But when you're an adult and you go to an adult oh, hospital, an adult, yeah. nothing. Yeah. 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 You know, it, it, and it's, it, you, you just said you, you took what creators, right? Writers, musicians, and actors, they take all this stuff and they put it into their creative life. You actually just took all your emotional mm-hmm. stuff and you actually transferred it and and you're it's a it's really a work in progress of your yes. actual life and and the things that you're doing. Um and how can okay, this is how can how can can okay, this is gonna be weird. Is can normal people get involved to help you somehow? And the normal people is everybody listening, us that actually want to to do something but we just don't know what to do because there's so many things and there's so many things being talked about but now we have you and you're actually making a difference thank you so sweet what can what can we do to help get involved well thank you i appreciate that um so first of all if you if you get the book all proceeds of the book every single penny of the profit goes to the charity so that will help me to expand this position in hospitals across the country. If you get the book, some people don't like to read. Okay. So what I did in the book, and the only reason I knew to do this is because of COVID. It was just one of those freaky things. And I think I'm the first author to ever do it. I'm super excited, but I have QR codes all through the book. And so I can constantly keep the information updated. And so if you don't read after every chapter, you can scan the QR code and I come on on video and I talk about relapse and I talk about solutions for families and how you can support your loved ones if they're addicted. Then in the back of the book, there's a resource library and I keep that resource library constantly updated. So for example, let's say a mom is listening right now. And they know that their child is suffering, the teenager or whatever, their 30-year-old is suffering with addiction. Maybe they drink too much. And you get super defensive when they when you try to talk to them because you're the mom, right? There are tools and resources for families, like Partnership to End Addiction, for example. They have tons of resources that are free, free for parents to reach out. And they'll tell you how to talk to your kids, how to have conversations, how to talk to your loved one, how to have an intervention, you know? So you need that support system. Again, you need that support, right? So I will say, you know, purchasing the book would be great. It's on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Nobles. Um, Like I said, I'm going to constantly keep it updated with updated information. All the proceeds go to the charity. And, you know, my, my goal for this year I took pieces of the life care specialist role and it's called a care coach certification. And I just launched it this week 
um, with college students because co to me, every family should have a health advocate. You gotta have a health advocate right. to take care of yourself, your family, because life's gonna happen. Somebody in your family is gonna get sick. They're gonna have to go in the hospital. They're gonna have to have whatever. Yeah. And so every family needs a health advocate. So my goal is to make it that everybody would have a care coach in their family, right? Yeah. So stay tuned for that. I'll have to come on back on the show once I, I yeah, get things. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Heck yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. Um, how? Okay. I know, and I'll I'll start this. I know what it was like when I lost my dad. I had a decision to make. I could be sad and think about it for the rest of my life, or I could find a way to move on in a positive way, in a strong way. How, how I did that, I don't know. I really don't know. I know, you know, there's a lot of people out there, like right now, you know, struggling to find answers to a lot of different questions but but cammy for you what would you tell that person that's listening or watching for that matter is there any is there anything that you could say i don't know mm -hmm. but what would you tell that somebody right now that they, must they do it? Should they do it? They need to do it? I don't know, because everybody's different. But for you, what would you say to those people right now? So that's a great question. Super great question, Larry. Um, and you're right. There's a lot of people that have lost people. COVID, whatever the case may be. Um, what I will say is grief, you're right. Grief does, it. it it never goes away and it's not going to go away. It's not something that you get to the end of the tunnel and you're like better. It's, it's, it, it takes its own path and it's okay. Like I can walk by Christopher's picture at two o'clock in the afternoon and I can look at his smiling face and say, Hey baby, and smile at him. And I can go by that same picture five hours later yeah. and fall down the ground and cry. Or even and a that, minute later, I'm guessing, you know, a minute later. Yes. And it's okay. It's okay. You have to let it out. You have to let it out. But what I will say, obviously purpose definitely helps and it doesn't have to be yeah. starting a charity. It doesn't have to be doing something humongous. Anytime you do anything to help somebody else or to help out in any way, it makes your heart feel better and it gives you purpose. That helps me for sure. Um, I know unequivocally, you know, obviously none of us know, know what happens when you die. We think we know, we all have our different beliefs. I know for a fact, your spirit lives on because I've gotten way too many signs from my son that had to be from him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like they just I had to be, yeah. and I will have full on conversations with him <laughs> and, and, you know, and I, and I, and I, I, I welcome that, you know, that you talk to your loved ones because they're going to give you those signs that you're looking for. Yeah. Um, but it does take its own toll and it's okay. I think the bigger message is 
love is the answer. <laughs> You've got to be connected to people and what the people that have loved me and embraced me is what's helped me get through it. And you got, you need love, you know, you really need a, a connection with people to help you with your grief and people that understand and that will respect it. Right. Yeah. Oh, yo, that's like the most important thing because I think, and I think everybody has somebody that, that they know that they can be actually honest and just let it go and be however it's going to be, whatever that looks like. You, know? you can't fix it. No. You can't fix it. No. And it's more like, here are the things not to say to somebody, you know, like, oh, oh they're in a better place. Right. Or yeah. is yeah. it better now that it's five years? Is it getting better, Cammy? Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> no. It's harder because it's been five years. You know what I mean? So it's really knowing uh, what not to say to somebody that's lost, somebody that's hurting. Really, they just want a listening ear sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you just want somebody to listen to you so that you can just be there for somebody, be in the mud with them, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. 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 Oh, my gosh. Um, I, I will say one thing that... Um, Oh man. Pennies from heaven. That's what I find. Yeah. Yeah. I get God winks. I call them God winks. I talk about it in the book, you know, and I talk about a lot of stuff. I mean, I had a home invasion. I talk about a lot of different things. I talk about forgiveness in the book and hope. And, you know, it's while I share Christopher's story, I share my journey. I'm also pretty raw about things that I feel like I made mistakes on, but it made me who I am. And I, I feel like the more vulnerable I could be, it would help other people not beat themselves up, you know? Right, right. Um, and, and so I try to, you know, it, it, the book is about a lot of things. It became, it took a life of its own, to be honest with you. It really did. It just took a life of its own. And I'm super proud of it. And, you know, I know you guys are in the creative, you know, film and all that. Yeah. I'm telling you guys, I see it being a movie. I see this book being a movie. You got to read it. So you got to let me know what you think, because I really, really see it. And, you know, I noticed you guys did a podcast with Anthony Mora and he does all my yeah. PR. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Him yeah. and Michelle. Yeah. Yes. And, yes. and so we've had conversations about it, you know, because I really do see the book becoming a movie. Wow. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. You know, I, I think... I, I believe I believe everything has a purpose. I believe we're where we are because we have to be where we are and we have to go through things to be who we are. And mm -hmm. you know, it's 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 not it's not horrible, but I think is the first step forgiving ourselves. You hit the, you're going to get, you're going to blow my story in my book <laughs> because, I, because that's exactly what I had to do. I had to forgive myself, Larry, because I didn't, I wasn't able to save my son, you know? Yeah. 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 You need a yeah. Okay. I, I think we all need a minute. <laughs> yeah. But but see that this is what it really is, you know. It's it's about it's about going. This is and this is why it would be a perfect freaking movie. It, it's about it's about life. 
and then the tragedy and then the redemption and then the inspiration of it all and the way that you move on at the beginning of what happens is not necessarily, it doesn't have to be the place. It just. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, um, so interesting. You brought that up. I've done so many interviews and nobody's ever done that, Larry. <laughs> You're the first and that's good. No, what, that's cry? no. Well, oh. that, yeah, that too. But you know, <laughs> you nailed it. The forgiveness piece, you know, you nailed it. Yeah. Like that's, that's what I had to do because, you know, when you're a mom, you want to save and you want to fix. And I, and I, and I, I felt like I let him down, that I was not able to save him, you know? And, and why did I not understand that 90 oxycontins, like it was crazy. Like I just was, they said every four hours and I did exactly what they said to do. And, you know, but when your son is suffering and in pain, you want the pain to go away and, yeah. you know, all these things yeah. going in would have, could have, should have. And if I had tried this or if I had done that, you know, and, um, you know, I didn't even mention, but, you know, Christopher and I were on a, we were on a mission trip in Cambodia and he passed away in Cambodia oh, and yeah. I had to get his body back and I had to fly on an airplane yeah. with him underneath me for 24 hours you know, so it was, uh, it was a brutal, brutal, brutal journey, but I really feel like he sacrificed his life so that I could be doing what I was, what I've been doing, because I know God knew I wasn't going to stop. Mm-hmm. And, and whether that's God, Allah, Buddha, it's not any of those things. It's all of those things, whatever you believe that higher power is, that has been my strength. That has been, and I know in my heart, I can't explain it except that it's a fire inside of me that I get up. I do this 60 hours a week for free because God knew I was not going to stop because I'm out to save another mother from feeling this way. Another father from feeling this way. If I can save a life, there's no better job in the world than that. And I wouldn't be doing this had Christopher not died. I'd be doing something else, you know, I wouldn't be doing this. So it was, it was like, I was chosen to do this work, you know? Man, that's, that's pretty heavy to think. It is. That's, you know, again, whether it's, it's fortunate or unfortunate, we all have gone through what we've gone through to be right. Cammie, I, you are absolutely right. If, if, if you didn't write the book, we wouldn't exactly. Be yeah. Mm-hmm. What's been the response that you've gotten from people? Um, amazing. Um, it's been all across the board. You know, interesting things like that had nothing to do with opioids or anything. I had a mom say, you know, I beat myself up because I I got divorced and failed at marriage, and you made me feel like it was okay. And then I had another mom you know, the whole forgiveness piece was huge. Um, I had a guy say, you know, I read your book and I'm going to start my own business. I've been putting it on hold and you gave me the inspiration to start the book or to start my own business. And I was like, wow, that has nothing to do with losing a kid, has nothing to do with the opioid epidemic, but it inspired him to go do something that he was sitting on the sidelines and wasn't in the game doing. So it's really gotten an interesting, different perspective. The healthcare industry, like nurses and stuff, doctors, they're reading it going, 
this is the solution, you know, because I write about life care specialists in one chapter and they're like, this is the solution. This is what is missing. This is the answer to rural health care. So I'm beyond excited. Um, I just got to get out there more and more and more and more and more. How do I get, how do I reach the masses? How do I reach the masses? And I just do what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Just girl, you, you just keep going because you know what? Again, and it's so true that when you say, when the light, when your book took off and in, in it took off on a flight, a flight of its own. And, yes. and it, it, it matters, but it really, that's the thing that brings us all together is our experiences and our emotional self and the love for one another. And, and yeah. those are the things that are probably the most inspiring. And that's why it doesn't surprise me that people come up and go, I, I can't, I can't relate to anything except I started my business. I started this. I started that. I've done this. I've done that all because of your book. And I, I can, I can imagine, I, I can imagine, but I can't even imagine all the people that you've helped because how's it your son he really is with you doing it exactly yeah you know he's doing all of this with you it's not you doing it on your own no you know? no you've got that i have a thumbprint around my neck and oh. i wear his print you know and sometimes i'll just rub on it you know and i'm thinking about something or you know i got a big speech coming up or whatever and i just say hey you know give me the words help me out here and yeah. you know it's, I know that my son is at peace. It's the missing, it's the missing him walking in the door. It's the missing him hug me. It's the missing him is the, is the grueling pain. But I know that he's in peace and he's not in pain anymore because he's suffered a life, you know? So that, that brings peace to it as well, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I will say that, when when you are in a in a hospital situation when you do see your loved one like it's it's hard it's hard yeah it's it's extremely hard mm -hmm. and i i think you know my wife she is a, a great advocate for herself when she goes into the hospital because she's learned and i've learned it's almost and whether it's right or wrong you know, when, when something happens to your loved one and they're in the hospital, it's like you just kind of go on autopilot mm -hmm. because you don't know. You don't mm -hmm. know what's happening. You don't know what's going on. And you listen to the people that you trust the most, which are the people that walk in, the nurses, mm -hmm. the doctors. And you trust them to have your best interest, which I think they do, but mm -hmm. they just don't have the time. And that's why, Cammy. You are so very important. You are so, yeah. so very important. The things that you do, things that you're doing. Well, it's not about me, but I appreciate I all the accolades you've I given me tonight. I mean, you make me feel like, you know, I want to keep going. I want to keep going and I'm going to. Good. But it really is. It's so much Good. bigger. It's, yeah, it's so not about me. But it thank is. you. But girl, to us, you're driving the ship. <laughs> you are the captain. I'm flying the plane. That's yeah. <laughs> That's right. You are flying the plane. And and I tell you, anytime, and I mean this, I, I say this to everybody, 
but rarely do they come back on or mm -hmm. we reach out, but honestly. The repeat offenders, we call them. Yes, yes. We would we would love to have you on and anything that that you want to talk about. To I have out. something I'm going to mention off mic as soon as we're done. I think Any, we should anything, talk about. Anything you want to come on and talk about, please do. Thank you so much, guys. I mean, giving me this platform, you don't understand how much I appreciate that. Like, this is what it's about. One person's life at a time. I promise you, who there's somebody out there listening right now, and they're going to get help because of this, by, by listening to this. Yeah. And it's either for themselves or for a loved one. You guys, by having me on, we're, we're together collectively saving life right now. And we don't even know it. Yes. We don't even know it. But yes. that's why it's all about building awareness, making it okay to talk about, um, breaking the stigma, um, you know, just being there for each other, right? Yes, yes, no, yeah. highly, highly important. Um, uh, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, my gosh. Um, I just know that you really are amazing. So thank you. <laughs> thank you're you. doing a great thing. You know, it's you're helping people. That's the main thing that matters. You know, um, we do a lot of silly, goofy stuff on the show and talk to a lot of people. And we usually do an end of the year wrap up. And I know that this is going to be the episode we both look back on the most. So um, where can everybody buy the book? Thank you. Um, Amazon, um, it's The Flight, My Opioid Journey, Cami Wolf Rice. And then we're also on Barnes and Nobles. You can also go to my website, camiwolfrice.com. And then uh, also we have our charity, which is CWC. So it stands for Christopher Wolf Crusade.ngo. We have a lot of resources on our website. All the interviews I've done is on the website. You can order the book from the website. Um, so I encourage you. We have merchandise. Again, all profits go to the Life Care Specialist Program. So, I, I mean, I literally, yeah, I do this because I want to save lives. And so that's how you can support. And I appreciate very much you promoting the book and all the work that we're doing here. I'm um, grateful. All the links that were just mentioned will be in the description if you're listening to this over on Anchor. And when the show goes up, we will put all of those links onto our social media so you can, you know, get the book. And more importantly, give the book to someone is what I would say is the most important thing. Yes. And uh, Eric, before you before you do the, the wrap up, um, I know, Cami, we've talked about it. What what is the most important thing that people listening should carry with them? The Narcan? And yes. In order in order to be prepared, because it's everywhere. That's right. What can parents do to be prepared the most readily and friends to be prepared for anything? 
definitely I encourage everyone to have Narcan. We have a video we of why you should carry. And it's just, it's, it's just reason after reason after reason. You just don't know where you could be that it could happen and somebody could be overdosing and they didn't know, right? They took, they took some one pill and one pill can kill. Um, you know, I spoke to a school last week and I took a little sweet and low sugar packet and I dumped it out on stage. And I said, if this were fentanyl, everybody in here would be dead, wow. you know, and they, you could hear a pin drop. The kids were like, and they listened and they paid attention. Yeah. Like they know that they're, they're seeing their friends die. You know, they're seeing things happen. And now they have fentanyl strips out there. If you are doing drugs, I got a question from one of the kids in the audience. Can I test my drugs? And I was like, wow, that was pretty brave to do in front of the principal and the teachers and everybody. But okay. Yes, there are fentanyl strips out there. However, it's kind of like playing Russian roulette um, because you can get fake pills and 10 of them can have no fentanyl and the 11th pill does. And it has just a speck of fentanyl and it kills you. It's it's 100 times high, uh, stronger than morphine, 50 times stronger than heroin. And by the way, 80% of heroin users started with a prescription. 80%. So you get on that prescription and you can't get the prescription anymore. The doctor's not going to fill it. So you're going to go to the, something cheap on the street yeah. to, and get the heroin. And then the heroin has fentanyl in it. Boom, you're gone. So yes, everybody get Narcan. Everybody should carry Narcan. It's uh, it just got approved to be over the counter where you don't have to have a prescription last week. It might take a few days to get that in effect um, to where it will be sold over the counter. Narcan, everyone should carry it. Yeah. And and, and, oh man, we could go on and on and on. But I think it's also, if you have kids who are involved in any kind of drugs or their friends, please be understanding. Please, mm -hmm. you have to. You can't, you don't want them to make them feel bad, right? You can't. You, you, you have to be a supportive presence in, in people's lives. And I think that's, that's, I think that's all I'll say. <laughs> Because I could go on and on. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to be naive as a parent. I've had parents come up to me and say, you know, my my son, he swears he's never going to try it. And my answer to that is, well, you know, there were um, cadets from West Point that went on spring break. I guarantee you there's parents never in a million years thought, you know how hard it is to be a West Point cadet? Right. And they tried cocaine and there was fentanyl in it. So you understand. So don't be naive to think your kid could not get under peer pressure, whatever the reason, and decide to try. So don't don't be that parent. And, and then it's too late. Right. And then it's too late. And then you're one of the moms with me. I don't want that. So don't be afraid to talk to your kids. Don't be afraid to, you know, be real with them. And you got to have a conversation so that they can talk back and you want them to come to you and not be afraid to have conversation with you. Right. Yep. To have that open dialogue. Excellent. Excellent point. Excellent point. I think that Eric, go ahead and wrap this yeah, up. Yeah. Um, everyone, we just want to thank you again for coming on the show. Mm -hmm. The links will be in the description where you can purchase the book and find out more about the foundation or the charity. Um, everyone, like we say each and every week, support our troops.